Hey, all you cool KT cats and kittens out there. It's me and Funk. This is episode 212, and it's all about me, but mainly about, you know, real estate photos, how to get better photos, and what they do to a property. So stay tuned. All right. I'm very excited to introduce for the first time to the KT Confidential Real Estate Podcast. Mr. Ian Funk. Glad to be here. Glad to finally be in front of the camera, not behind it. First time in front of the camera. First time on the podcast. Many times here. Many times here. So for those of you that don't know, Ian is our resident lead videographer. He's the head of our media department. Uh, mastermind of all creative and weird things that happen here at KT. And uh, also does all of our, or most of our, listing photos, listing videos, and um, just all around good guy. Oh, I'll take that one. Been with the KT team closing in on three years. Started with us just pre-COVID. January of 2020. Yeah, around January 21st, I believe, in 2022. No, 2020. Yes. 2020. That will be the three-year mark. Yes. 2023. Um, So really happy to have a discussion with you today. Today, we're going to talk a little bit about real estate photography. I know there's a lot of people that probably want to pick your brain. They see our photos. They see our video. They're awesome. And uh, we're going to give them some of the inside scoop today. If they find anything in there... They can let me know. I'm interested as well. What's yeah. in the brain? Yeah, maybe there are some uh, some tips out there that uh, that'll come your way too. Uh, so before we get into some of the actual chat, because it's your first time, mm-hmm. and um, I'm sure there's a lot of our followers, especially from Insta, that have seen you or uh, on YouTube. Uh, you've snuck into a bunch of videos as well. I slowly. Um, over time, I've placed myself in front of the camera. Yeah. I don't know if it's a... I mean, I've grown to love it, and I have fun doing it, but at the beginning, I know it was a bit of a learning curve of just being kind of creating the idea, but then also acting out the idea. But yep. um, I love it. I don't know. The more I share, the more it becomes fun to yeah. share, so... I love how you have fun with all of it. <laughs> it's a real fun time. It's a real fun time. So, before we get into it, let people know who Ian is, and uh, let's let's get your origin story. All right, I'll do my best here. Um, so I was born a child, a baby actually. Uh, my mother's son in Oakville, not too far from Milton. Uh, eventually, I went to school. I was born in a family of visual artists. Everyone went down the path of kind of graphic design, I guess, when you're a visual artist, um, a natural way to apply it is to kind of learn graphic design and then learn how to do that on a computer. Um, Brother, sister, mom and dad all kind of have a visual background and are either in web design or graphic design or some sort of creative endeavor like that. Uh, Somehow I decided to go down the film route. I thought it was kind of a mistake at the beginning because everyone says film school isn't really like a school or setting you up potentially for something. Um, But I kind of had the feeling that at a young age, media would be, well, clearly it was very important to me growing up. 
and I wanted to be a part of it. And it, it's been interesting seeing the progression of media become so accessible because I once thought I should reshift my focus to something like web design or something where the demand was greater at the time, but I'm seeing a increase of demand everywhere for uh, social media kind of opened up that door for yeah. every single company now needs a content creator or somebody to produce, produce media for them. Um, well, a lot of, a lot of people that age going through, you know, the first few semesters or terms of, of post secondary education, mm -hmm. get that second thought. Oh, should I do something else? Is this the right path or whatever? But clearly the need and the, yeah. um, you know, desire, um, in, in that world of, of creativity now. Mm -hmm. And, um, and even in, in generating opportunities, generating income, generating all that, that's, um, it was a good decision clearly. Yeah. Well, I find it uh, good because the demand is clearly there and it's clearly going to be growing. But the one thing that I feel is still somewhat in its not infancy, but it's just, um, kind of getting people on the same page of content creating. Like there's one thing to have a camera, but then what is the actual yeah. idea behind a lot of that stuff is where I think a lot of brands might still have kind of shortcomings well, when it comes to professional like, content versus amateur content, right? Well, just having a whole like goal. I saw one thing recently with, uh, I think it's Mark's warehouse doing some ad about how they're rebranding to be more about not workforce people, but everyday kind of lifestyle. And it's just something as simple as that is a uh, media related, right? So tied into marketing. Um, long story short, I eventually graduated from Humber College Film and Television Production Program. Landed a job doing data management and dailies for the film and television industry, I guess. Uh, traveled a bit, working abroad for a tourism company doing, uh, similar to here, just it was the first uh, opportunity I had where it was not an industry or for a huge production, but doing a multimedia kind of job. Um, and that opened the door to this and then eventually just kind of took that confidence, came here and now I'm almost three years. I think what is our, I always take a second to kind of process exactly my position here and what I've kind of achieved because I'm always seeing the awards over there as far as like top 10 sales in Canada or something along those lines. I don't track them in my head because I feel like it's not necessarily my award, but at the same time, after being here for three years, there's a sense of... Oh, it's definitely a team award. I yeah. think, uh, you know, now to be a successful real estate entrepreneur, whether you're a team or an individual or running a brokerage, whatever, part of the success is the brand, the marketing, the advertising. Um, and a big part of that now, I believe, is being on trend being um, tech savvy mm -hmm. um, and having the media component specifically on social, like on the internet. Well, I just um, think after being here for the time and kind of, you know, we grow this together and after three years and seeing that it's still quite successful and going up, if anything, it's a, yeah, a sense of accomplishment that I'd never necessarily expected from taking a real estate job, but anybody out there does media and needs accomplishment, you can always be used in real estate companies as long as you uh, bring your A game. Well, and that's <laughs> kind of why I wanted to have you on today to chat a little bit about almost like a tips and tricks for those that might be 
starting out in photography, specifically looking at options in real estate to make money, right? Because let's face it, there are a lot of photographers and, and I won't even necessarily call them all photographers, people that own cameras. Mm-hmm. If you own a DSLR camera and you want to make a few bucks, there's always going to be opportunities out there, right? You can take photos of newborns, pregnant ladies, uh, um, weddings, like there's or anything, I, right? So um, in, in real estate, there's always a demand for photographers and videographers. A lot of them are not very good. Um, but there is an easier entry, right? Like the barrier to entry into that market is probably a little bit easier than most markets. I would say there's opportunities to kind of get in and then um, establish what you actually can do. Right. The challenge that a lot of them have is it's hard to sustain. Um, It is hard to get enough work potentially to earn a reasonable income. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, you know, the investment of having the right gear, um, being an entrepreneur, like... Well, I would say in a sense... um I may have lucked out. I've always been told I was a lucky person, but I know, I don't know many, I don't know much about other real estate teams and other real estate agents. Um, but I know how we work here is a team. Like I've been here the whole time. It's taken me quite a bit of time to get to a level where I think we can all think without really communicating and on the same lines. Yeah. Having the synergy is important, right? Yeah. Yeah. And that takes time to develop. And I think, People think you can maybe purchase that, but I think that's something that you have to grow yep. and develop. And uh, well, that's and per- a big and, part and of And personalities this. can clash too, right? So to have mm-hmm. personality fits, yeah, uh, I think is important. And, you know... Um, well, it's just compared to going the freelance route, right? Like if you're getting outsourced by realtors and it's more of a product, then there's a bit more of a... Right. Uh, less opportunity to say, grow that with That's the individual uh, clientele or whatever. Whereas here, it's just, we're always growing it day by day together um, with all, all heads involved, making sure we're not backtracking and uh, new ideas coming in all the time. And I find that's been uh, like, I look back at the first year stuff I was doing and I'm very curious what's going to be happening next year. Yeah. Just if because you look of like at how that. it's, everything's grown mm-hmm. uh, in the past three yeah. To think what the next three is going to look like. Well, it's like, I feel like this, the stuff I'm making now is what I thought I was making back then. And I'm like, oh, so then what, in three it's, years now, what's going to happen? You should say that because a lot of uh, realtors, and I do have, before we get into the nitty gritty, I do want to go back just a couple of things on the personal side, but mm-hmm. um, a lot of realtors look at us as a team and talk to me about it that, you know, we've been producing content like pre-Ian, uh, you know, we were doing our Katie Quick tip videos as an example. We started that back in, I want to say 2014, so eight years ago, maybe a little bit longer ago than that, when nobody was really producing as a real estate team. Not too many were producing content of any kind. Let alone consistent content, right? Consistent content, uh, or the very first, we only did two episodes of our real estate done right videos, but the first one that we did was a little bit more of a production. Um, 
But I look back at those, especially the quick tip ones in the early days, and I laugh, right? Like how frigid we are in the um, uh, in the video and yeah. what we're saying, and even how we look, how we're how our tone and our body. Uh, so you know, you you improve over time. You learn what people like, uh, what the followers like, and uh, no, you've done a great job, and uh, we're very blessed and happy to have Ooh. you as a part of the team. Um, Thank you. A couple of things. First of all, I made a note here while mm -hmm. you were chatting because you talked about your family mm -hmm. and your family, um, you know, being artists. Uh, it's probably the most apparent thing that I know about you is that it's in your blood. You're mm -hmm. an eccentric artist with an incredible mind that, Put it this way, not a lot of people, yeah, yeah, a lot of, a lot of people would sit with you and probably think you're nuts. Oh, yeah. I think we, I, I sit with you and we share ideas and I think you're brilliant, right? So uh, to go back to being on the same wavelength and having that synergy, mm -hmm. I think is uh, super important. Um, you, I don't, are, are you a Zodiac person? Like, do you follow Zodiacs and... Um, and I talk about it a lot and I've talked about it a lot recently. Have you? But yeah. Not yeah. with me, so I don't know. But uh, I would say I'm debating that myself currently. So, I don't know if I want to be a Zodiac person or if I'm just having fun learning about it. Well, I asked you because you went to the uh, Nature Spirit store here in town and yeah. you started... Um, Purchasing crystals and then uh, capped it off with a Tibetan singing bowl for yes. some... Uh, you should, you should bring that bowl in here actually. for some sound therapy. It's actually quite, quite nice. So I thought maybe, you know, this was a time of, um, I guess diving deeper into other, uh, the spiritual world and, and, um, other things that connect you with the universe. Mm -hmm. Um, that was my thought. And, uh, I, I was curious as to whether or not Zodiac was, um, I, as much as I've grown out of taking it, I think here in the West, we love Zodiac and it's like Zodiac stuff, star signs. It's always been a part. So you're a Libra. Yes, correct. But I've learned recently, I, there's like, I'm, I'm mainly a Libra, but I forget what the other one is. I think I'm slightly Scorpio, <laughs> maybe near the end. I forget which house, if anybody here listening knows what I'm talking about. Well, your, know, your birthday is what, October 9th? Uh, no. October 9th. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I remember you're about a month after me. Um, so Libras, you, October 9th is definitely a Libra. Mm -hmm. You fall into that category. So Libras are known 100%. as being uh, very friendly and extroverted. Would you consider yourself an extrovert? Um, yes, I think. I think I, I kind of switch between both. I... Uh, Depends on what week it is, it seems to be. But I know I definitely go hard with being an extrovert um, when the occasion strikes. Like I've always found with uh, certain people lack the ability to start conversations with people and have like, whereas in my life, I've always been able to just start any conversation with any person. And it's taken a while to realize that was like a skill well, you're a great that I conversationalist. Had. You can talk forever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Some people think that's a good thing. Some people, I think it's that's why I'm gonna have time to keep place. you on point for this podcast. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, last thing, what's up with the uh, bucket hat? 
the bucket hat. This is a pink bucket hat. Uh, the band is called Kalush. Oh, fuck. I've never said it out loud in front of people online. So uh, I'm going to say Kalush Orchestra. Uh, and it is the 2021 winners of Eurovision. And it was a uh, Ukrainian band. And uh, I forget what the song was. The song's called Stephanie, I believe. I believe it was the name of the somebody in the band's mother. Uh, and it is a beautiful song, as well as all the other competitors in Eurovision 2021. Maybe uh, put a link six in, months in until the description. Around six months until 2022, Eurovision? You can't stop talking about Eurovision. So my question about Eurovision, how many people realistically, let's say in the GTA, in the greater Toronto area, how many people are Eurovision fans? Is it a big following here in, in Ontario? I, or I just know the people I've told about it know about it okay um i'd like there to be a fan base in canada Robbie, I think, did you know about eurovision no i think uh so it, it people know about it but people almost know about it as a whisper of something that used to exist and right. might not be what it is today i would define it as a the biggest sporting event without for sports <laughs> for, for songs and music but uh if you don't like sports and you need a reason to have that kind of hype in your life once a year. Eurovision is a great way to do it. Right. Um, but this year is the first year that they're opening up the votes to the international audience. So we will know soon enough how many people from Canada do vote and watch. And I'm hoping the oh, numbers are enough to bring us into the competition because uh, Australia's in, Australia is in Eurovision. Not European. Um, but they just got let in because they watched it enough and they were huge fans. So that's our plan, Canada. There you go. All right, let's get into it. Let's get into the real estate photography side of things. Um, and for those of you that are watching and or listening, and if there's something that we spoke about that you want some more information about, you have any questions, uh, you want to pick Ian's brain about something, just leave us a comment. We'll monitor it and uh, he'll get back to you. Uh, so whether you are new to real estate photography, you're thinking about real estate photography, you're currently a real estate photographer, we'll talk about a few things that might apply to all of you. The first thing I wanted to ask you, mm -hmm. if somebody, I like to call it same thing on the real estate salesperson side of things. If you were to have a toolbox, I know you guys got your backpacks. Mm -hmm. By the way, Robbie is running the show today behind the scenes. Woo. Go, Robbie. Um, and what, if you what tools must you have? What equipment, what tools must you have as a real estate photographer? Um, tools I would say you must have. Um, the basic things of like camera gear is just having like lenses, the camera, something to clean the lenses. So like a lens cloth, blower bulb, just to blow air on. Those are like the most essential things you can have as a camera operator, not even what you're shooting, just to make sure the image you capture has nothing in front of it and everything's clean. The next thing would probably be a tripod because as much as handheld is doable, uh, we shoot HDR, so we shoot multiple photos to get the one photo. Um, but you can also just take one photo and deal with it in editing. It won't be the same level, but um, 
A tripod's good because it gives you time to think, gives you time to frame the shot without having to hold it. You're not relying on um, anything else other than just like looking at the tripod, taking your time. Because in a house, when you just need one photo of a room, it's so so subjective about like, where is that one photo? The more time you have to think about that, the better the end result will always be. Um, need things to record it on, SD cards. Um, are we doing just photography or are we doing videos as well? Well, I think the average quote unquote photographer, if they're hired to do photos in a home, probably gonna they're be. probably going to be doing video. Yeah. So for video, um, I think in this day and age to do real estate video without a modern steady cam is somewhat maybe absurd. Like I think the movement that you can get and the ease of use of like a modern gimbal or steady cam uh, adds so much to a video that you could use a slider or you could do it handheld. But again, for the price and for the ease of use, having that smooth movement going through the camera, going through the uh, house. I know some videos are just one take walking through the whole house. That would be completely unachievable without a steady cam. Um, and then the one thing I've kind of been debating is like what lens? Cause the lens is one, it defines what your style is. It defines the look of your brand. Um, the one thing I can kind of say is don't go too wide. Too wide has been problematic um, just because you bring in elements of warping. So I would keep it around 16 to a range from 16 to 70 is really good. If you want to cover everything in a lens in a house, you can get close-ups, you can get little details. Um, and I'm drawing a blank as far as what else. Obviously, camera, lenses, tripod. um, We, obviously, as you know now, being with us for three years, every year we invest pretty heavily in upgrading our media department, um, hardware, software, the whole bit. Well, software, maybe not so much. That's been pretty uh, consistent. Um, But all of our equipment. And this year we shifted to a new camera. Mm -hmm. Yes, the Sony A1. Um, previously, we were using the Sony A7R2. How have you found the transition between the two? Because the, the biggest questions that I think are searched and asked by a lot of people getting into real estate photography or even current real estate photographers, what cameras are you using and what lenses are you using, right? Yeah, so to go back a little bit, you want a camera that shoots raw. If you can't edit raw, you can shoot JPEGs, but I wouldn't know why that person would be in that career field if they weren't shooting raw and then editing raw. So that's, you just need a camera. But, and you're saying that because of attention to details in the in the photo itself and the ability to manipulate and edit? Yeah, a raw photo is going to give you as much information as you can get while you're there. And then you can um, make that look as real to life as you saw it when you were there. Whereas when you shoot in a, a JPEG format, which is just a standard, I don't know how many people these days even really know what a JPEG is unless they're dealing with files. But uh, that's like the standard image. It's small, but it's... Um, no information is in there besides what you have. So you're locked in. If you're really good in the moment, you can get everything you need. But uh, 
you just, you, you just shoot raw. Yep. <laughs> um, yep. but with the Sony, so I used to shoot Canon. I switched to Sony, uh, probably about seven years ago. Um, mm-hmm. I have not looked back. There was reasons why I switched to Sony that no longer really apply, but the way Sony handles, um, I mean, it's all bias. Like the thing people don't sure. understand is that the difference between sensors and a camera is the same as a film stock. And so shooting with Kodak versus shooting with, um, what's the other guy? Fuji. Fuji. Yeah. Like those have, and depending on what stock you buy of that, you're going to get a different image. Um, and so although you're buying a Sony camera, every single sensor that's within those cameras will give you a different subjective look. Uh, and that helps define your style. It helps define your products. The one thing I kind of hate that I'm going to say is that we had the Sony a7R twos and I didn't see a need to upgrade to the a1 per se for photos. And I've never gotten more compliments on the photos since we have. Yes. And I think there was something I underestimated with the actual sensor itself because it's a new sensor, but it's the same, like, I don't want to say too many facts because I know someone will call me out, but I feel like the megapixel count isn't that much, the file we're getting isn't that much bigger. Right. But there's something about the image that it captures has a lot more, so much more information that I can then uh, tweak just enough to make it look that much better that people are now coming back and saying, wow, these photos look amazing. And to me, I didn't, as a trained professional photographer, wouldn't have expected that kind of uh, turnaround, but, or like results. Yeah. The reason I'm kicking myself for saying it is because you don't need a Sony A1 to shoot real estate, but people will probably feel it if you do have the nicer stuff. Well, I think that happens at every level of camera though. Mm-hmm. Like I'm... That's the thing. It is their so, flagship. So it's jumped. Even yeah. if it's around the same, they've done a lot to the inner workings yeah, and, of it. And, you know, I don't spend a lot of time anymore because we have you. I don't spend a lot of time anymore um, on the photography side of it. You know, we kind of leave it all to you. But there was a time back when, when we started in real estate, I was responsible for the photos mm-hmm. and uh, Adrian was responsible for the video because we had a passion and a background with um, and just being tech savvy and being able to research and, and study and, and practice and do those things. We had a passion for it. And at that time we were putting out some good, good product. Well, I find it crazy um, that you guys were doing like one of the first people that you guys knew of doing like videos. Oh, for sure. And you guys were just doing it all yourself. And yep. it's like, wow, that's, it's interesting how the industry has got to where it is now. Cause yep. I would never imagine if I was a realtor back then, I wouldn't be like, oh, I'm going to do the video but I don't know if it was rea- realistic to hire anybody to do it for you back then. Right. So it's, yeah, the, you could not basically when we started in real estate, the videos consisted of photos being stitched together in a slideshow. I've seen that every now and then nowadays. Yeah. I still see it. <laughs> I can't believe it. I cannot believe it. There are so many options now for having some kind of professional video done. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so it drives me nuts when we see that. But I think, you know, just to go back to the cameras, I think budget is obviously a big part of it because I don't know how much that camera is, but I think the the body alone is pretty close to 10 grand. Um, so not every photographer is going to be able to afford that or want to invest in that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's a while before you, you see the return on that investment. Um, but I think at every stage of camera, 
there's improvements of some kind, right? It's whether or not you need those improvements mm-hmm. for the um, for the type of production that you're doing, the type of you know uh, product that you're trying to put out. Well, it's in the end of the day, you can get a photo so many ways. Like even if you use the the practical knowledge of how to frame something, an iPhone does a hell of a job. I was just literally going to pick up my mm. phone. Like, well, it's like if you if you know the skills that make that camera work, you can make any camera work. Yeah, and those skills don't have to be learned on an A one. They don't have to be learned. You can learn them in a book for free. You can learn them on YouTube with many videos. The one thing with YouTube, everybody thinks, <laughs> as I'm on YouTube telling people about camera stuff, what to do. Everybody on YouTube wants to be the teacher. Um, but everybody's got different answers. So part of it is learning your style, learning what you, what skill, like I really love, um, the editing side of things. I love shooting, but then I love what you can do with the modern formats these days on the computer. Whereas when I first got into digital, we were kind of told that like digital was a problem because people just shoot so much. And then they just, you can either light it well, or you can edit it well. Both give you different results. It's about if you apply the knowledge at the beginning or at the end. Some people have more skills here, some more there. So something as simple as you can avoid shooting raw as long as you have the houses uh, relatively well lit and yeah. everything's... Um, you don't have to know all the skills. You just have to know how to get that final image to yeah, be good. Sure. And it's an organic process, I find. So... so- I actually wrote down a couple of tips that I want to share because there's a number of times that I see realtors, you brought up the phone, right? Mm-hmm. People think and know, oh, my, the camera on my phone is awesome. And it is. I mean, you know, I don't know what model this is, a 13 or a 14. Um but when I see the photos, literally, it's somebody that's standing somewhere in the room without thinking about it, without planning. And usually they raise up the phone and it's just a quick snap and that's the photo they use. It's more so, documenting the room than showing it. Right. So... Yeah, like that's the type of photo that I would take if I'm visiting for the first time before uh, we even have paperwork signed. I'm just walking through with the owners and I just want to, okay, remember remember that it has the French door at that corner and snap, right? Mm-hmm. And that's just for my personal use. Would never use those in any type of other media, uh, certainly not in, in the Just listing. internal use, right? Yeah, yeah. just in, for internal use only. Um so my tips for those of you that are going to use your phone. So if you're a, if you're selling your home privately, you're, you're one of the few people that want to try and be a, what's known as a for sale by owner. Um, or you have an Airbnb, you want to rent out your Airbnb and you want to take some photos. You don't have the money. You don't want to invest in professional photography uh, you want to take your own photos. Uh, if you have a rental property, you're posting it on Facebook Marketplace, Kijiji, whatever. It doesn't matter what you're trying to sell nowadays. Even if you're trying to take 
a mug out of your kitchen and post it on Kijiji or Facebook Marketplace, something like that. Photos matter with mm-hmm. everything. So my tip if you're doing real estate photography with your phone or any other camera, to be honest, but specific, we're specifically talking with the phone now and jump in if you have yeah. anything to add, but have some kind of tripod so you have some stability with the phone. That's first and foremost, because especially with the phone, the stabilization might be different depending on what camera, what phone you're using, but you will always have some kind of shake when you're, when you hit the shutter. Right. That was the thing that I guess the tips I gave before were for somebody who might've, I trusted with a little steady hand, but for safety, yeah, just get it right on a tripod. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, if, if the phone is completely still, you will capture the best possible image in terms of clarity uh, without interruption of it vibrating in any way, shape, or form. That's to put it the easy way, right? Um, so on that note, also set the timer for your photo. So you, you hit the button, it times it down three seconds, it snaps the photo. That's, that's first and foremost. And you can have a cheap little Amazon tripod with the, with the phone holder and you just put it in there. The, the second part of it, and I know you have spent a lot more time and attention to this over the last year or two than you did in the beginning, mm-hmm. um, is actually visualizing and planning out what it is you want people to see in that image and how are you conveying that room, all right? Like where is the emotion? Find the emotion mm-hmm. in that room. And it can be, you know, even a powder room. It can be a just a simple bedroom or a simple living room. Certainly some rooms will be easier than others, like a family room, you know, uh, with a fireplace as an example is oftentimes easier to, to create emotion. But I believe in any room, there is a way to create emotion with the angle and the height, specifically the angles and the height of how you're capturing that image. Would you say that's yeah. accurate? Well, I think one thing that I never knew before getting into real estate was how important height is. Um, mm-hmm. Like I never used a tripod before getting here. I would, uh, you call it a, like a Dutch angle when it's just on a slant. Yep. I would always shoot either low or high because it implied some sort of connotation from like a um, subjective point of view, like from high down, somebody looks small, less powerful from, if you're shooting from below, they look much more intense. But when you're trying to sell a building, all of those things are almost too strong because you don't want to imply this room is overpowering or you don't want to apply that the house is really small and you don't want to apply that the walls themselves are warped with certain lenses. Well, I was just going to say, if you're using a a uh, very wide lens, it can distort the mm-hmm. the image, the walls, the the way the the room looks. If anybody's trying to learn about perspective and is a photographer, I would rent or buy anything 14 mil or less and go and take photos of a house and see how it comes out because that was such a challenge using that 14 millimeter lens back in the day, but then trying to make sure everything was not warped Right. And it all came down to the framing because the framing had to be pretty perfect Precise. and pretty yeah. like the alignment to the walls, to the floor. If there was anything um, with that, trying to fix it in post would be a not, not achievable. So that goes to my next tip. 
for taking photos with a phone or, again, any other camera, is making sure that the lines are straight. Mm-hmm. So phones specifically, but also most cameras, will have a grid. Put that grid on your screen so you can see that grid and make sure that the corners of the walls are lining up straight with that grid and your horizon line, the bottom of that uh, shot is also lining up with basically your horizontal and your vertical lines all need to be in alignment. It needs to be a square mm-hmm. in that image. And, I and then once you have that square, you can turn it a little bit knowing that it's uh, visually making sense and aligned. Right. Once you've got that locked in, now you can do that little bit. Mm-hmm. Finessing. Finessing. Yes. Right. But That's a good word. You will learn if you do many houses that uh, if you use a bubble level or any sort of digital level, some houses just aren't level. Right. <laughs> Especially some of the older homes. Yeah. Some of them, everything's lining up, but somehow the image is completely skewed and it, and then you got to kind of work with the house more. I've heard that way back when, when it's like, it's almost better to just align to the house and never use it level just because you're putting a lot of faith in time, the structure of the materials, and then the builder themselves. Yeah. So. If someone is new to real estate photography, Mm -hmm. what advice would you give them? So let let me maybe even Mm -hmm. rephrase that. If you could now take the three years experience that you've had with our team Mm -hmm. and all your knowledge now, if you could go back and give Ian Funk advice in January of 2020. I think I know. I think I know. Go. Um, I think the only like really valuable piece of advice is two things. Rob, are you listening? One, <laughs> people and like there's the joke that I used to know, which was like anything that has too many shadows is too moody for Like the director might like it and the director of photography on a film set might like the shadows and the mood, but the joke is the producers will always want it whiter, brighter, and more clean. They want to be able to see everything. And that is, I find somewhat true for real estate because you don't want to sell a house that's filled with shadows. But at the same time, I started way, way too bright where it's like I was playing into that idea that everything should look clean and bright, but I was doing it in a way that was probably destructive to the overall image and not, uh, I feared the shadows and going along with that. The other piece of advice is like, be creative. Creativity is, it might not be what people ask for and it might not be what they think they want, but the more you push something and the more you kind of, there's a thing about showing more, showing less to show more. And it's like by showing the house, you're documenting the house, but by showing less of the house and getting more kind of uh, creative with what you're showing and how you're showing it, creating that emotion, you can give people a sense of what the house is and that will translate better than just showing them because you want them to feel what you feel when you walked in, not what, the house looks like because they're not going to see the photo when they walk in. They're going to get the feeling that you're trying to capture. And that came with just more confidence, more faith in myself, slowly doing it over the period of three years. And every time I 
made a little change, people got a bit more excited and it was always met with like positivity. I remember an exercise that you and I did uh, early, early in this year. And I had you pull up all the photos and instead of editing a shit ton of Mm. them, I said, well, let me go through it with you and tell you which photos I like the best, which angles or, you know, but then you you also explained why, and I explained why, and you were actually shocked Mm -hmm. at some of the ones that I picked because in your mind, it may have been trying to, I think you were trying to appease us from what you believed yeah. real estate photography should be. Well, I wanted to make sure that everything was shown in a right. way that somebody could make a decision ultimately with the photos, but they shouldn't be making a yeah, decision based and, on the photos. You know, I think uh, in in real estate, the important thing, whether you're a realtor, a photographer, a seller, whatever, the important thing to remember is that real estate is purchased a lot of times based on emotion. And in the current market that we live in, the first time somebody will see that piece of real estate is online. Chances are, right? Mm -hmm. Unless you just happen to be driving around and walk into an open house and you had no idea that home was for sale. But realistically, if you're in the market to purchase real estate, you're scrolling websites, social media, whatever, that's going to be your first impact. Mm-hmm. And it's really easy to have a photo that portrays a cold, shadowy, overblown image of a big room versus having something that is just appealing to the eye, right? Well, there is there is a very tricky balance to that. That's what I was going to say is there's a balance of like one, I've kind of touched on it before of just the subjectivity of photos themselves, how you edit it, what you use to capture it, where you put the camera, all of that's, you can take a million different photos of the exact same room and they'll all have different vibes, different feelings. The one thing that is kind of worth mentioning and probably the most important is that uh, you don't want to fake anything as much as you want to translate the mood. I think uh, one thing I've heard many times is something that really puts buyers off is going into a house that they thought would look a certain way or feel a certain way, right? but they're uh, not met with that. And I find that that you obviously want to make it look good. You're trying to sell the house, but you don't want to, by no means do you want to misconvey or misrepresent what they're going to. It's funny you should say that because one of the biggest complaints I think from purchasers, from buyers is when they walk into a house and it's a lot smaller than what they thought it was because of the photos. And it's generally because a very wide angle lens was was used. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, it's just kind of pulling the wool over, over their eyes, right? Mm-hmm. Um, all right, anything you want to add before we wrap it up? Um, yeah, I kind of was very basic about, uh, gear that you'd need, I guess. Uh, I don't know what other camera brands are out there. Canon, Sony seem to be the main ones. Uh, if you're actually going to do video as well, uh, Nikon's a pretty good company as far as, um, tripods, tripods. I don't know many other tripods besides like Manfrotto. That's a good brand. Had good experience with them from customer service point of view. 
and just longevity of their products. Yeah. Just trying to think any other like uh, lenses. Um, obviously, if you can get a brand name lens like Canon and Sony, do it. But I doubt many people will have that luxury if they're starting out. Sigma is a great way to get a uh, a plethora of lenses, lenses, but not pay pay like half the price. Yep. Uh, and if you're going to be doing this and you're going to purchase Adobe, call them every year on Black Friday and say, I want the Black Friday deal. And they'll give it to you every year. But in the fine print, it says you only get it one year. So make sure to do that. That's my biggest takeaway. Biggest tip. I learned that the other day. You, uh, <laughs> it, this won't be in time for Black Friday, but maybe we'll make a post. Yeah. Save it for next year. Um, all of, all of the editing that you do is through Adobe, correct? Yeah. I do a majority of the photo editing just in Lightroom. Yeah. And then, um, so we subscribe to the Adobe cloud. So you guys have everything, um, in the Adobe suite. So that is a good investment as well. And now it's, it's half price all the time. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> uh, well, Mr. Funk, thank you for joining me today. Yeah, it was nice. I, uh, I was anxious, but now I'm kind of like, oh man, let's just keep talking. <laughs> you, you and I could probably sit here and just ramble and talk for, for hours. That's mm. for sure. Um, if any of you have specific questions, you want to give Ian a shout out, you have any comments, uh, leave them below and, uh, we'll put a few links in the description. So read the description. Uh, maybe we'll link out some of the gear, uh, that you mentioned. Yeah. I'll see if anything else comes to mind like that I use. Cause I mean, I covered kind of the basics, but I'm sure the rest of the day I'll be like, oh, should have mentioned that that's key. So yeah. Uh, and I think we are going to do a uh, what's in our bag post on TikTok. So it's coming up. Go to our TikTok page and check that out. Uh, thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye bye. Hey. Hey, that was 212. And now you know what I'm about. And you know the media team. Well, part of it. And I hope you had fun. Bye.